Welcome to the Financial Advisors Workshop, where Brian Castle, founder of Four Star Wealth in Chicago, interviews the most successful financial advisors in America to hear exactly how they grew their businesses to 100 million and beyond. Before we dive into the interview, please go to financialadvisorsworkshop.com and download your copy of our free guide on how to find ultra high net worth clients. Let's start the show. Here's Brian. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Financial Advisors Workshop, a, a four-star podcast and video clip series. Uh, we are uh, ever focused on trying to find some of the best financial advisors in America. Um, there are so many ways to do this business and so many good people out there. And we have a, a gentleman today with us from Cincinnati, uh, Darren Wirtz. And Darren's got an interesting career path and a lot of really interesting things that he does that are different than the previous interviews that we've had. So Dar Darren, welcome to the Four Star Financial Advisors Workshop. Great, well, thanks for having me, Brian. I'm flattered to be considered among one of the top advisors in America. That's a, that's a pretty high honor. I don't know if I fit in that category, but thanks. <laughs> well, no, you, you certainly do. And you know there are so many great financial advisors out there and you know, uh, yeah, there's billion dollar firms and everything, but the average financial advisor is about 70 or 80 million under management. And that's right around where you are. And you, you've got some really great uniquenesses to how you run it. And so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. So Darren, if you could share with our listeners uh, a little bit about how you developed your career, and then we'll talk about a lot of cool stuff like niche marketing and the book you wrote and stuff like that. But let, let's hear a little bit about uh, your original beginning in the career. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was um, kind of a journey because my first career out of college was as a high, uh, middle school and high school science teacher. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I started there. Um, that was what I kind of thought I wanted to do, but I got kind of burned out with that. And I was looking for something different to get mm -hmm. involved with. And it just so happens that my family has been in the financial advisory business for a long time. My dad was, is, is still a financial advisor. Um, and his dad was a financial advisor too, before him. Um, mm. So it was kind of a family tradition. And, you know, dad kind of always wanted me to come in the business and tried to encourage me in that direction. Um, so finally, I started to think about it more seriously. I went back to school, got my master's in financial planning, and decided to um, launch out. And in that process, uh, I was looking for different firms to be a part of. I was living down in Cincinnati and my dad and, and most of my family were up in Toledo. I decided to stick around in Cincinnati and try to make things happen here. Um, so I interviewed at different places. I was looking for a small firm that I could be a part of. I, I was kind of, uh, didn't really want to get involved with one of the bigger firms, nothing wrong with that, but that's a very um, competitive environment. And I, I wanted that, that smaller firm experience. Um, I was really interested in the fee only aspect, you know, something like that. Well, what I, I, as I was looking around, I found that it was hard. There wasn't really many opportunities and, and those that there were, nobody really wanted to pay me what I thought I was worth. <laughs> um, so never, I, right. Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple that were pretty generous um, in, in terms of allowing me to develop some business on my own. 
but then they kind of change their minds, you know? <laughs> so I said, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I'm just going to start my own thing. I'm gonna start my own office basically. Right. And, and so I turned my dining room into a conference room and started my own office. And really it was a branch of the family business. So that was, that was great because I could leverage that. I could leverage my dad and, and the, the, the bigger, you know, business, you know, starting out completely fresh without any connections like that is really tremendously difficult. But anyway, yeah. I just kind of, that was uh, six, seven years ago. And, um, you know, got into, got involved with networking and slowly started to uh, develop some clients and things like that. And over time, I started to notice that a lot of my clients were attorneys. And I was really uh -huh. looking for what I could focus on and specialize in. In the beginning, it was anybody, you know, and I was calling everybody <laughs> to see if they needed help with retirement planning or managing their investments. Then I started to kind of focus more on folks who are close to retirement, because I felt okay. that my education, my background, um, the CFP marks really helped me, prepared me for people who needed help with retirement planning specifically. And I thought that was a really good fit. And then, but that's still very broad. You know, there are a lot of people close to retirement. That, that's still very, very broad. So then um, I noticed that a lot of my clients were attorneys. And as I was toying around with what I should uniquely specialize in, I decided to, to go for that. And then that's how everything came to be, the book, the podcast, and, and all of that. And here we are um, six years later. And yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about some of those really uniquenesses. Um, you have a client base of about 80 million and you developed a lot of it through some niche marketing. And you talked about lawyers. Let's talk a little bit more about the niche. How did you come to work with lawyers and why are lawyers good clients? Um, mm. A lot of good questions there. Yeah, lawyers can be good clients. Um, they can, you know, any any group of people, there can be some great ones and there can be some not so great ones, you know. Uh, but here's here's an interesting thing. The, the, even the, the legal field is very broad. So really for me, what it focuses, it tends to hone down to is attorneys that own their own practice or are part of a small firm. And the okay. reason they make great clients is there's a lot of planning opportunities. You know, they, they share a lot of the same issues that business owners have. They mm -hmm. share a lot of the um, uh, opportunities that they have, like starting a retirement plan, tax planning, succession planning, you know, all of those kind of interesting things. So there's a lot of crossover there. Um, and there's a lot of uniqueness there that, that uh, you can help with. So, mm -hmm. and, and attorneys can make good money. So they, they can be great clients because oftentimes they do have assets to manage. You know, that's important. <laughs> Your mm -hmm. clients do need to have assets that can be managed. Um, and so it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, niche to focus on. I've really enjoyed, you know, working with attorneys. A lot of attorneys do tend to be kind of DIY people. There's kind of like, in my experience, there's two groups, you know, there, there's attorneys are really smart. They're very knowledgeable. A lot of attorneys like to read a lot of stuff. And so they've read a lot of investment books. They've read a lot of financial planning books and they, they do a lot of it on their own. And that's great. Then there are other attorneys who they, they want to just focus on what they're good at. 
you know, they, and they don't want to be bothered. They're very busy. They don't have time to think about retirement planning and, and all of that stuff. And they want somebody to come along and just help me just do all of that for me. <laughs> and so that's where we come in. And that's really a, a selling point is that we can be kind of like your personal CFO so that you can focus on running your business, running your practice, uh, and, and being successful. Mm -hmm. And you can offload some of those things to somebody like me. Mm -hmm. So attorneys understand that because there's a lot of complexity. So they're, they realize when they need help too. Absolutely. And, and that's a an, very interesting thing to bring up because attorneys are never, you know, if, if you're an attorney and you're in some sort of legal issue, generally attorneys know this, you're not supposed to represent yourself. <laughs> right. You know, and so same thing with your finances. It's a great idea. And, and attorneys often get this to have an outside perspective, to have somebody else objectively looking over everything and helping you make those decisions and manage things. Great. So when you decided that attorneys were a good market and you started working with a few of them, um, the obvious is in the background, you have uh, your promotion for the Lawyer Millionaire podcast. How, yeah. have you, how have you decided to develop that niche? Um, initially, it just kind of started with uh, focusing on CLEs. And that was kind of a, a good place to begin. Attorneys have to get continuing education. And so I got involved with a local bar association and we started doing some workshops for attorneys on retirement planning, tax planning. And actually, one of the best things I did is I partnered up with another uh professional who works more on the business management side of things. And her name is Mary Willenberg. And with her business, she helps attorneys uh, to become more profitable, to, to make their practice more efficient, manage their sales cycle, uh, manage their books and different things like that, and, and improve their efficiency in terms of how mm -hmm. they're running their business. That's okay. a little bit beyond my particular um, you know, uh, specialization but that was good because we could help each other. So basically we would um, trade off and on. Like I would do a workshop more personal finance related, and then she would do one, maybe a little bit more business related, maybe something on marketing. And we created this series, we called it business for breakfast. And we did one workshop every couple of months. Yeah. And it was really very successful. Uh, we had a lot of, a lot of great attendees. Um, almost every workshop, I would meet somebody who was interested in working with a professional. And then that would lead to a new client. So it was really a great um, avenue. And then we had this weird thing that happened in 2020 called a pandemic. <laughs> and that kind of changed everything. Because no longer could we do in person workshops and you couldn't do networking anymore. And actually that was what pushed me into this niche full time because I was like, okay, you know, networking's dead. <laughs> so let's just go full steam ahead in trying to expand the niche and really hone in on working with attorneys. And that led to <clears throat> the, the book and the podcast because I was looking for other ways to market and try to attract people. Okay. Okay. So out of your client base, how many of them are attorneys now? 
So right now, I would say maybe a third. It's not a huge percentage, maybe 25%. You know, it's not a huge amount. Right. Because this is fairly new, but I would say almost all of the new clients I'm getting are attorneys. So I, over time, this, this, this ratio will probably change. Um, but that's not entirely the case. I mean, I am still getting new clients who are not attorneys at all. And that's mm -hmm. one of the, the interesting things about all of this is that niche marketing, a lot of people are concerned that it's going to scare people away. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to turn, if I say that I focus on X, Y, or Z, then people are not going to, other people are not going to work with me and I'm going to be missing out on opportunities. Well, what I find is that it's actually kind of the opposite. <laughs> um, people are more attracted to you when you have a niche because you are more memorable, I think. That's, that's my opinion. And the other thing is it really takes the pressure off. You know, when you meet with somebody and you tell them, I'm a financial advisor, I, I specialize in working with attorneys, that kind of makes it more comfortable for them to talk with you. Right. Because you're not like, they, they don't feel like they're the target of your marketing, like you're going to try and sell them on the spot, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So they can kind of sneak in and you're not all over them kind of thing, right? So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nice, nice. So so tell us about the podcast. How often do you do it? How, you know, how does it work? Do you interview people? Let's talk about that. Absolutely. The podcast is The Lawyer Millionaire. We launched it in April. Uh, the podcast was really a way to try to promote the book. So the book came first, and that was kind of a pandemic project. I decided that I would write a book on financial planning for attorneys and called it also The Lawyer Millionaire. The reason I wrote the book is I was looking actually for resources that I could use as an, as an advisor. How can I learn to serve attorneys better? What, you know what's out there that I can learn from. And I, I didn't find anything. There was nothing out there. There were a couple of books that had been written, but they were just really generic and they were really more like retirement focused. So one book had like a whole huge section on Medicare and that's great, but that's not really what I was looking for, you know, for, for my clients. So, you know, started the book and I was writing the book and everything. And then um, I was like, okay, what, what can I do that, can expand off the book, can promote the book. And, and the podcast was just kind of a natural fit. You know, I, I had kind of heard about podcasting and heard that it was a good idea. And it seemed to make a lot of sense because we can take a topic and we can be as specific or generic as we want to be. And, and with the book, it's nice because we can kind of work through different topics that are in the book. And that's kind of what we do. So uh, with the podcast, we have guests on. So uh, I just had on uh, actually the gentleman who wrote the foreword for my book, who is uh, a, a personal injury attorney in California, Russell okay. Cohn, and he has run a very successful personal injury practice for many, many years. So we had him on to just tell about his experience, uh, how he got into the field and how he developed a successful practice and made it profitable and what tips and things he might have for attorneys. So I want it to be a mix of different things. Some of it's going to be me talking about topics, 
related to retirement and investing. Other times it's going to be me having guests on who can expand on those topics or expand on related things. Like maybe we do something on marketing for attorneys, you know, because that's, that's all very helpful. Or maybe mm -hmm. it's an, a, a, an attorney themselves. So it, it's, um, I want it to be not just the, the financial advisor topics, but to be all encompassing, like how can we bring in other stuff that's going to be valuable, that's going to help attorneys be successful. So you talk about the lawyer millionaire. Are most lawyers millionaires? I, I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't think so. I mean, maybe. I, I, yeah, I would be interested to see some statistics on that. Um, not all attorneys are incredibly successful. It is a range. You know, there are, there are some very successful ones. There are some not so successful ones just like with financial advisors, you know, there's, there's definitely a range. Yeah. Um, but I do want the book to be um, inspirational. And mm -hmm. I, I talk about this in the foreword. It's like, and, and for some people, okay, let me, let me tell you a quick little story too. I got an email uh, the other day from an attorney uh, who, who was responding to an email I sent out, letting people know that the book was available. And he thought the title was a terrible idea because it was not professional. Uh, and, you know, attorneys shouldn't be focused on making money. And I, okay, so this is something that I run into. Uh, mm. You know, the, the law is a profession. And I, I did talk about this actually in a couple, uh, couple episodes back on our podcast. But you can also focus on profitability. You know, you can be... Um, a professional, and you can be a business owner at the same time. And attorneys who own their own practices need to think about themselves as business owners. You are, you own a business, you're building a business, you're building an asset, and it is okay to want to build wealth. That's okay. There's no shame in that. You know, that's perfectly fine. You know, you can be ethical and you can be focused on being successful. And those are great things. And actually, I would argue that trying to build a profitable practice and maximizing your wealth, you know, that motivation leads you to have uh, a more efficient practice that serves mm -hmm. clients better and yields better outcomes. So that's just going to make everybody better all around. <laughs> yeah. That would be my argument there. So that's kind um, of the American story. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we can, you know, everyone should want to be a millionaire, right? Absolutely. And, and that's what we want to do is we want to inspire inspire folks to, um, to, to get on the right track. A, a lot of people that I've um, uh, had read advanced copies of the book have said, gosh, I wish that this book had been around a long time ago. <laughs> because really, right. like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, by the lawyer millionaire is not about trying to rip people off and make as much money as you can. That's, that's not what it's about. Right. It's about putting in place the tried and true principles early on in your career, uh, you know, as, as soon as you can, that will lead to achieving financial independence, retirement, you know, and those kinds of things. And it doesn't matter how much money you make. That's the other thing too. You know, retirement is however you define it. It's, it's based on your lifestyle. You don't mm -hmm. have to be a millionaire to retire. <laughs> no, no. Um, that's right. And so the title is really meant to be inspirational. It's meant to inspire folks to um 
you know, and I, I say this in the forward, put it on your bookshelf or put it on your table somewhere where you're going to look at it, you know, and you can be motivated to work towards your financial goals. Speaking of uh, books, you have a copy of your book there with you, right? Yes, I do. It's right here. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, yeah, let's hold that up to the screen, Lawyer Millionaire. So our folks will see that on on the video clips. Uh, so absolutely by Darren Wirtz. So everybody grab a copy of that or probably available on uh, Amazon Kindle and others, I suspect. Not yet on Amazon. It, uh, it's published by the American Bar Association. And so right now it's just there um, okay. through their, their website. And so you can go to, uh, uh, well, you can go to thelawyermillionaire.com actually. And uh, there's a link there that'll take you to the American Bar Association's website where you can purchase the book. Excellent. Um, it'll go to Amazon in about eight or nine months. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, we'll look forward to seeing it and reading it. Um, <clears throat> I know we wanted to talk a little bit about your view of being independent and, and why it's so superior to what you were doing in the beginning. Let's talk mm. a little bit about that. Yeah, so I, I started out with a BD um, as a commission-based advisor. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Um, I, I still felt like I was serving my clients ethically, but there are some conflicts of interest. And that does create uh, the potential for, for problems. And I, I always aspired to the fee-only approach. <laughs> right. right. That was my ultimate goal. But it's very difficult to start out that way. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I, I did the commission model for a few years and then uh, decided that it was time to move over to an RIA model. And so I did that. And a couple of years ago, finally uh, left behind the BD affiliation completely which has been fantastic because <laughs> there's a lot of expense that goes into remaining affiliated with the BD. And there's a lot of um, CEs that you have to do and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's very, it, it's, it's a lot better that way. Now I love the RA model because, you know, you are, you're building up a, a business that is a lot less stressful. <laughs> yep. Um, you have recurring income. As long as you're keeping your clients happy, things are going to be fairly stable. Uh, mm -hmm. And then it really takes the pressure off in terms of trying to figure out what you're going to do with clients. You know, we use uh, TD Ameritrade to set up and manage accounts. It's really, it's just so simple. It's so easy. And it's just a lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, great. Now, you, you mentioned that earlier, and I thought that was really important to discuss. Um, and then you've also, um, you know, you developed the podcast and you work with uh, the Proudmouth company to help you develop that and everything. So um, how has that worked out? Oh, it's um, been, yeah, yeah, it's been fantastic. And I understand you guys have a company that you use also. That's really the way to go is to hire somebody to help you uh, run the podcast. I tried to do it myself all by myself initially. <laughs> and you can, you know, there are, uh, you can actually run a podcast for free, you know, if you want to, but it is difficult to do. And I was going to do like, and I, that's the other thing. I'm not an expert, so I don't know 
what's the best length for a podcast? You know, what, you know, I didn't know any of that. So I, I was going to do like a five minute podcast once a week or something like that. And okay, five minutes, right? Even just a five minute thing. I did one episode and it took me like all week to create and put together and put out there. And even then it was just the, ep the episode. There was nothing else. Ooh. So the great thing about working with a company is we hop on Zoom, we do the recording, and then they take the audio, they mix it up, they put the intro and the outro on it. They put it out there, they make sure it's going everywhere. So that's the other thing is, your, your technical knowledge. You know, I don't have the technical knowledge to get it out there on all the different platforms. There are free, you know, podcast syndication programs you can use, but even those I struggled with. <laughs> so uh, they have all the expertise to do that. And then really, but the bigger thing is the social media assets. So I imagine your company does this. Ours does too. They'll put together yep. audio clips, memes, yep. and different things that we can put out on social media. And that's really the gold. That's really the gold that, that mm -hmm. helps you drive um, listeners. All kinds of listeners. That's great. So um, about your practice, how do you uh, serve clients regarding their investments? Do you manage money mm -hmm. or do you have others run it for you? How does that all work? Yeah, we, we, uh, we do uh, retirement <clears throat> financial planning where we'll actually sit down and create a financial plan with a client. That's the other thing about working with an RIA is that there's so much flexibility in how you get paid. Mm -hmm. So I can do a plan for somebody just by itself and charge a one-time fee. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, if that's all they, a client wants, then we can do that. You know, that's great. Most of my clients, I am managing their assets. And then, so it's a quarterly management fee that comes right out of the account. Okay. Uh, and then usually what I'll do because it just makes sense is I will include financial planning complimentary. I mean, the two just go hand in hand. Uh, yeah, sure. I'd love to charge more to do the planning, but then less people would do the planning and the planning right. is really important. <laughs> so so they do it for your reasons as well. Yes. I, because if I'm, I have to know, right. If a client has got an IRA and a Roth IRA and a brokerage account, you know, I want to know, what's going on in their overall picture so that I know what to tell them about, about what's the best way to use these different things. You know, do we need to do a Roth conversion? Where do we need to put money? You know, all of that, you have to understand the bigger picture in order to do that. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, we do, we manage the assets. Um, we have a different couple different model portfolios that we use some stuff we pay for some is proprietary. We tend to be a bit more tactical than, than most folks. And I think that that is important because I have to justify what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, right. I have to provide value. Um, if I'm just setting people up in a, in a, in a one-time model and then not making any modifications to that model, why am I being paid an ongoing fee? You know, <laughs> right. I should be adding value along the way. So I think that's really important. Well, if the modifications help, then of course that's great. Well, that, that's the goal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Great. So you, so you were your discretionary manager on some of it and others you run models. Uh, well, all of it's discretionary, but we use the models to guide the decision-making process. Okay. Good. And so they, they are models that, that change, that, that, that adapt. And, um, you know, when the model changes, then we'll go in and make the changes for the client.
So Darren, we've just gone through the worst uh, stock market since 1970 in the first half in, in yeah. America. And then uh, we've had the worst bond market ever. So um, I have yeah. to, how's it going? <laughs> you know, it's actually not going too badly. Um, we've got some models that we use that, that have been able to adapt nicely. Um, and, and, and we were able to reduce some of our stock exposure and bond exposure uh, and, and up our cash and, you know, cash has been King for a little while here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the bond market more so because really the bond market started to fall apart, like two years ago, it started to really go in and it's been a kind of a two year decline here, but here's the thing, right? Clients, <laughs> clients want to make money, you know? And so I, I can tell them all day long, Hey, you know, we're, we're doing a great job cushioning you from what's going on. And there, they don't care. They, they're like, okay, well, let me know when I'm making money. <laughs> so that's, that's tough. You know, that is tough. Um, and you have to manage client emotions because a lot of clients are not even really looking at their account. And even if their account is performing relatively well, they look at what's happening in the news and they panic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had a client, no joke. <laughs> this was like a month ago, maybe two months ago. Um, I don't remember exactly what the market was down, maybe 15% or something like that on the S&P. His portfolio year to date, because he's in a very conservative model, okay? <laughs> he was down 3% and he was panicking. He's like, I want to pull all my money out. Okay, let's look at this very carefully, very mm -hmm. rationally. So people see what's happening in the news and their emotions can very easily get the best of them. They see you know, these headlines and they, they think, oh my goodness, the, the market is falling apart. The world's falling apart. And so you have to really just kind of help people put things in perspective. That that's really a lot. I'm very much often a psychologist for my clients. Yeah. Well, that's a big part of it. The big part of it. And they buy you and they buy your ideas and your comfort and, and all the ways that you think. And that's exciting. Um, well, good. So have you, have you had anybody jumping off the, uh, cliff in the last six months or is everybody okay everybody has been okay there have been some conversations that have had to have me i have had some that have wanted to <laughs> and then you have to talk to them you have to try to put things in perspective and then you have to try to also let them know you know these times are often the best times you know, this mm -hmm. is not when you want to necessarily get out but if you have more money to deploy this is a great time to deploy and mm -hmm. yes, it could continue. It could go down lower. It could. That, that's a very real thing. But we're right. reasonably sure if you've got a long time horizon that 10, 20 years from now, it will probably be higher. You know, so right. that's really, you know, helping people put things in perspective and looking at the bigger picture. Um, that's what you have to do. Yeah. Uh, I think no matter, no matter how far down a client is, um, it's really a function of what they're seeing. I think for me, what they're seeing in the news. And I think that they're often reacting to that. And so then you have to take them through, okay, here's what you're actually invested in, you know, and here's how we have your portfolio set up. So you got to give them some confidence, you right. know? Yeah. Nice. So if you, um, if a client asked you, what would be the most interesting opportunity that this big messy decline has has offered to us? What what might you suggest? Would it be just pure stocks or international or 
alternatives or, or, or what? Do you have any one particular idea that you like? You know, I, I like tech again, you know, and uh, yeah. it's really been the most beat up. Um, and so it's, you know, there's going to be a comeback. I think you look for the stuff that's the most beat up and that's what you want to really focus on, you know, right about now, well, maybe not so much now, but a couple of months ago, mm -hmm. everybody was all about energy and commodities and inflation hedges. The problem is by the time everybody's thinking about those things, you've missed the boat, <laughs> right. you know? So yeah, energy had this huge run up, you know, beginning of the year, but it's kind of fallen off the wagon over the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. That's the problem, you know, and, and energy and commodities can be so volatile, you know, so everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon, you know, but in these kind of times, yeah, you got to look at, in my opinion, looking for those things that are the most beat up because they will come back. You know, I had a client um, who was interested in Apple and uh, we bought Apple a couple of months ago. That was a great buy because then it bounced yeah. back really nice. Um, yes. Now that was a risk. You know, we didn't know it could have could have gone down further, but it's a great company. They've got tons of cash and they were so beat up. Um, yeah. Here's what I would not do necessarily. Um, things that are beat up, but I like to focus on either a really good company. And, and that's even then I don't really like individual companies. I, I like more whole sectors because mm -hmm. you just never know what's going to happen with an individual company. Um, and a lot of those ones, like during the pandemic, the airlines, you know, that's a really specific industry. Um, it's almost like buying an individual company, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I had some clients that were interested and I was like, okay, we'll, we'll put a little money into the airlines because they were so beat up, but they mm -hmm. still have not come back. I mean, they've remained beat up <laughs> yeah. and that's, that's the other side of the coin, you know? So generally, yeah. In the, in, in these kind of declines, um, stocks, you know, buy buy the S and P 500, but then, you know, maybe we can look for, for a, a a, a large sector like tech or something that's that's a little bit further down and that mm -hmm. could be a good play and i also just believe in tech because it's kind of the way of the future so <laughs> you know yeah well darren you know um this has been a great great discussion i just wanted to kind of bring you up to speed that about 300 people are going to see this in the awesome. next weeks and then over the next year maybe a thousand so imagine yourself in a big auditorium with the, all these people all watching you. And what if, if you were talking to a thousand of our colleagues in the industry about our, our, our industry, what would you tell that group of people? And you're now live, so go right ahead. I would say really don't be afraid to specialize. Mm -hmm. I think that would be my message and, and get creative with it because everybody you know, has, a, has as their specialization <laughs> you know, um, people in retirement or business owners. And those are kind of worn out, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so don't be afraid to get specific. Attorneys is pretty specific. I mean, there's there are a lot of attorneys in the country, but really not a lot. Um, it, you know, I think there's a 1.3 million, uh, you know, and uh, compared to the overall population, that's kind of small. So don't well, be afraid to get specific. Uh, the more specific you are, it, it doesn't have to be a career. 
It could be a location, even, you know, if you're in a small town or it could be a company, like if you're like here in Cincinnati, it's PNG. So maybe you specialize in uh, people who work with PNG, you know, I mean, that, that could be it. So it, it can be uh, creative and you're not going to turn people away. It's just going to make you that much more marketable and memorable. Nice. Nice. And it sounds like you've done a great job with that. Um, well, so thank you, Darren. Um, I think we're out of time for today. So thanks for being with us today and uh, being part of our continuing quest to find the best financial advisors in America. Uh, appreciate <laughs> well, your being you. with us. Today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right, and thanks everybody for joining us again on the Financial Advisors Workshop. We'll be back again with another episode very shortly. And uh, thanks again, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the ideas shared here, please subscribe to the show and leave us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify and share this episode with anyone you think will also find value here. Please send us your follow-up questions at financialadvisorsworkshop.com. And while you're there, download our guide on how to find ultra high net worth clients. And if you're a financial advisor looking for more freedom, higher margins, and better training, please set up a consultation to hear more about joining our team by going to fourstarwealth.com slash advisors. All right, thanks for listening. And until the next financial advisor workshop, keep on growing everyone.